Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am Wilt from WiltsWorld.com, and this is going to be episode 76. Now, we did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. It's all about bettering the world, one attitude at a time, and that starts with us as individuals. What have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? By making your life a better life, you're one step closer to making the world a better place. And that's why we're here doing what we do at the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Again, bettering the world one attitude at a time. And this week, we spoke again with Dr. Ilana Fishbein from No Left Turn in Education. If you're not familiar with Dr. Ilana Fishbein, I first spoke with her in episode 45, where we discussed education, not indoctrination. As the founder of No Left Turn in Education, Dr. Fishbein, who is a mother herself of three boys, became very frustrated and dismayed by things that were going on in the public education system, as many parents are nowadays, as is evidenced by a lot of the stuff we're seeing at, you know, with parents at these uh, school board meetings as we've begun the new school year and everything that's been going on with, with the, different, the new curriculum, the masks in schools, the different distance learning things. There's a lot to be frustrated by. And No Left Turn in Education has made it their mission to revive in American K-12 education the fundamental discipline of critical and active thinking based on facts, investigation, logic, and sound reasoning. We had a lot to talk with Dr. Fishbein about, which is why we asked her back. And uh, let's get right into that interview. Dr. Fishbein, thank you for joining the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Appreciate you joining me again. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me so I can uh, fill you in and the audience on uh, what's happening out there in the battlefield. Right. And, and it certainly has become a battlefield. The noleftturn.us organization ha- has definitely grown. I think when we first spoke back in episode 45, it was uh, you were just a couple months in, probably three or four months into to your journey in, in this battle. and. Since then, I mean, now we're starting a new school year. 2021 school year has begun. So many things have changed with our education system, uh, whether it be because of COVID or because of all the, well, for for lack of a better way of putting it, the leftist indoctrination things that are going on in our education system. So why don't you share with the listeners now, I have to imagine you guys are just about a year old now, or maybe just a little over a year old. What has been the latest that's going on with No Left Turn uh, in education? Well, a lot has been going on. For one thing, that one thing didn't change. We are still 100% volunteers. Uh, at the same time, we exploded in terms of activities and participation. Uh, now we have chapters in more than half of the states. In many states, we have uh, multiple chapters. Uh, I think we're at least 70 chapters in many states. Uh, uh, you'll have a lot of representation in different areas, often in the big counties, the big school districts. Uh, parents are waking up, concerned citizens, veterans are joining as well, uh, grandparents joining in droves, as well as a lot of teachers and educators that are giving us information uh, from within and are also joining our efforts uh, so the growth is definitely uh, noticeable. Uh, mm-hmm. Our activities, uh, we have, um, 
you know, expanded on the kind of activities that we are involved in and the kind of um, strategies that we are using in order to push back and reclaim the education in our, of our children in the schools. Uh, yep. The focus remained the same K to 12. So K through 12. And, and Dr. Fishbein, I, I think everybody that pays attention at all has, has noticed over the summer and coming into this school year, we've seen in the news and on social media a lot more parents. And depending on, depending on who's reporting it, it you'll, get a, you'll get a totally different story. But we've seen a lot of school board meetings, more, more now than, than I can ever remember in my lifetime, that are getting publicized because or or I don't even know if publicized is, is the right word, but but they're getting some attention because the parents are, are really waking up to to what is going on with K twelve K through twelve education. I mean there's no way to deny it. It's taken a monstrable turn to the left, whether it be the way that the pandemic, the virus was was politicized or the critical race theory, things that, that have been taking place in schools, LGBTQ, whatever parts of, of that curriculum that, that have been pushed upon the children. What are you finding? Uh, and like I said, depending on who reports on it, we, we can get totally different stories from the same school board meeting. What are the things that you are are getting from the parents because I know you personally and your organization are in contact with with thousands upon thousands of parents nationwide and and through your several chapters what are the kinds of things that you're hearing now about these school board meetings that that are getting so much attention these days so uh, first of all we are a grassroots we are out there and we are boots on the ground and we are basically the common sense movement of Americans. So it's not only parents. There are grandparents, as I mentioned before, as well as concerned citizens who are very much aware and know where this road is going to take us as a nation, as well as what's going to happen on a personal level with the families. So indeed, many more are waking up, are getting up, speaking up, and facing the school board. There has been a lot of education, educating the parents in terms of not only what's happening uh, in their school, but also the role that the school board are playing in our lives. Uh, Before this explosion of uh, curriculum, parents, including myself, were not aware how much power and how many critical decisions to our lives the school boards are making, including your taxes, for example. Uh, So this enabled us to expose the material that are being taught at school, as well as who is responsible for it. Whom should we face in order to make the change? That's why you're seeing more and more parents and other concerned citizens coming to school board meeting in droves and confronting them. Still, I'd like to emphasize that I think more people don't know then no, we've been doing a lot of work in the area of education and exposing what's happening. However, it's still unbelievable how many parents and people do not know. Uh, today, I had a conversation with a father 
from a school uh, district here in Pennsylvania, not far from me, Brandywine School District. And he's been very much involved going to school board meeting, uh, searching the internet, getting a lot of information. And he has been telling me that he's been going to many parents and showing the material. But even when he shows them, he gives them small dosages because they are utterly shocked at what mm-hmm. they are seeing, at what he's showing them, and having a hard time to believe this is going on. However, right. this is on the state website. Is This is on the school website. This is on the uh, school district website. So this is factual. Yep. But he himself and- told me he's amazed how many parents are still bewildered and unaware of uh, what's happening with the education of their own children. They're just in the dark. And and speaking of scared, I I believe when we last spoke, you talked about one of the one of the primary things that you were getting from different concerned citizens and different parents were the fact that they were so scared to speak out because of the cancel culture and, and things such as that. Is that still pretty prevalent in in the emails that you're getting and the correspondence you're getting? From- from people? Are they still scared to speak out or, or are you seeing it trending in the other direction where people are becoming more more courageous in, in what they're willing to speak up about uh, when, it, when it comes to the education? You know, I, I don't know if I mentioned in our previous conversation that uh, we focus on four E's, educating, empowering, engaging, and eradicating. The second E, empowering, has been happening. Uh, people are empowered because they are not alone. When you know that you do not have to face the school board alone or the teacher, the principal or the teachers unions. uh, So you're more empowered because you're not alone. However, uh, still uh, a large segment of the population is uh, very afraid of the cancel culture. People are concerned about the consequences for their children or at the workplace uh, and for example, we are hearing uh, uh, parents telling us that the children know what answer the teacher is expecting. So although they do not believe in it, they are just writing what the teacher is expecting, oh. not what they think is the answer. The same thing when they're involved in the class discussion, if they speak at all, they pander to the teacher's uh, ideology because they do not want to get a lower grade and do not want to get ridiculed or some social pressure from their kids. So they just go along with it. Unfortunately, I think this is also very dangerous. I understand Mm -hmm. that they are doing it in order to protect themselves. At the same time, if you do it for too long, uh, you do not understand. Like saying the same lie over and over again, continuing to lie. At some point, you become to believe your own lie. So it's almost as if the children are, uh, are being bullied out of thinking for themselves instead of being taught to think for themselves. Absolutely. In fact, uh, already in one of my early uh, interviews or uh, articles, I indicated that the the schoolyard bullies are now the teachers. They, they are not uh, some other kids. Although, unfortunately, with this kind of teaching of uh, hate and segregation and oppressed and oppressor and victim and villain, uh, their tension around kids has been increasing. Uh, so that's really a very bad consequence to the kind of uh, 
teaching and pedagogy that they are implementing in schools. No, without a doubt, uh, that it is is a very very toxic environment for the kids, and and uh, you're right, it, it it cannot be allowed to to continue on for very long because uh, those those types of patterns will will affect those children for for the rest of their lives, and and it's just something that we can't. Uh, we can't stand for it. And, and I'm thankful that so many parents and, and so many concerned citizens, and like you said, grandparents, people with e- people even without children are, are waking up to the realization that, that their tax money is going to some very toxic indoctrination. And, and, I'm, and I'm very grateful for that. Now, we've heard in recent days, recent weeks, you know, going into the to the new school year, talking a lot about the school boards. And and I think I've seen a couple couple articles where whole school board, I mean, the whole school board actually just up and quit and, and resigned because the outcry from concerned parents and concerned citizens was was so great. Have you heard much about those situations? Absolutely. We are, we have, uh, for example, in Wisconsin, uh, one chapter, in fact, the, our leader there was confronting uh, school board members with the pornographic material that they're teaching in K-12, and three school board members resigned. Uh, in other parts, uh, in Wisconsin and other parts of the country, there are, there are efforts to recall boards and uh in some, it, it's it's not easy, but uh, we are doing it. So confronting the school board, uh, as well as we are hearing some teachers that uh, cannot uh, withstand the the pressure and are resigning. In fact, there are some good teachers that feel that they do not want to go along with this kind of teaching and are uh, resigning. Uh, so indeed, uh, we have to continue the pressure. I would say another thing, in fact, uh, that people don't realize. Uh, somebody did a, a study looking at the different kind of activities that are taking place uh, to put pressure on school board and schools. And from a presentation to school board, uh, to demonstrations or rallies, etc. And they found that the most effective one that, if, that impact the teachers are, in fact, the emails from parents. So I'm going to encourage everybody, parents, teachers, grandparents, uh, I'm saying teachers, actually, it's addressed to teachers, but uh, concerned citizen to bombard the schools, the teachers, the principal, the school board, bombard them with emails. This is also a good thing in terms of keeping a record that we have actually raised the concern and we have evidence that, in fact, we did write about it. We did cry about this and we did ask to stop this uh, poisoning of our children. Yep. And, and stepping back real quick to what you had just said, Dr. Fishbein, uh, about the pornographic material in the, uh, I, I believe it was a middle school, right? There there was a there was a book or, or multiple books in the school library book catalog that, that involved pornographic material that was being, being made available to middle school children. And one of the things that, that I've talked about with other people on this this podcast is once somebody is robbed of their innocence, it's hard to get that back. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. And it's just, it's something that, that we have to be very aware of as parents, as citizens, what kind of things are, are our children, what kind of things are the next generation being exposed to? 
And one of the things that I, I saw recently on your Facebook page that I thought was so important, and it's something that we do here in my home, is talking to our, our son about, you know, what have you learned in school today? What did you find in school today? You know, what, what things uh, are you doing in school? And, and being very involved in a child's life and, and knowing what they're being taught is incredibly important. Uh, first, I, w- I would like to correct you. The material is about the pornographic material starting already in uh, K and pre-K. So they are not oh. waiting for the kids to be in middle school. You go to school libraries, you go to public libraries, and in fact, they are brought into the classroom and the kids have assignments. They also are usually the material and the assignments that teacher instruct the student to not share with their parents. Uh, so this is really very uh, dangerous. It's not only that you're robbing them of their innocence. We have to think uh, we are twisting their minds. Because if you come to a child in kindergarten, five, six, seven years old also, and you tell them what your parents told you that you're a boy or girl is not correct, and you can choose whatever quote-unquote gender you want to be, and you can be anything, not even a human being. You can be a tree. You can be an animal. Uh, So this is really where you're twisting and poisoning the, the kid's mind. We have to also remember that the brain doesn't really fully develop until the mid-20s to late 20s. Uh, so the kids really don't have the tools to uh, imply any to employ any judgment, to apply any judgment because their brain is not fully developed. And this is the teacher, uh, an authoritative figure. They know that you have uh, parents all the time would say, listen to your teacher, listen to your teacher. You you follow what the teacher is instructing you to do. Uh, now it's very dangerous to tell the kids to do that. Uh, the only thing we do want them to pay attention to what the teacher is saying, because we would like them to come home and tell the parents exactly what's happening in the classroom. And in this regard, in fact, we are working on legislation to install cameras in the classroom. I don't know if I mentioned that in the previous uh, podcast with you, but uh, already in November, uh, in many interviews and in many appearances, uh, talking to parents and group, I would mention that this is something that we are eventually going to work on. We have a legislative committee and we are working on putting, finalizing actually the legislation and starting talking to legislators in every state about adopting a legislation to put cameras in the classroom so we really, as parents, know exactly what material is uh, being uh, transmitted to our kids and what pedagogy is being uh, implemented. Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I support that 100%. I, I think uh, I, I can't, I'm going to be honest, I, I've got cameras. <laughs> I've got cameras all over my house and, and I, I want to be able to see what's going on in my front yard, in my driveway. And, uh, and that's just at my house when it comes to my children and the things that they're experiencing on a daily basis. We did talk briefly in the, in the, in our first conversation about sometimes parents having to file like a, a FOIA request and, and things like that. But, but I, I did not, and I wasn't aware that you guys are working on, legislation to get cameras in the classroom. And I, I think it's incredibly important because, you know, we, we have seen in this new age of uh, distance learning and children being forced to stay home and, and, you know, going to school online, 
we we've seen where and and we've read about different school districts that have frowned upon or or or, or taken action against uh, children because they didn't want their they didn't want the material that they 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 were teaching brought to and and seen by the parents. The reality is is as I can't imagine as a parent as a taxpayer just as a citizen whether I was a parent or not, I can't imagine not being able to see what is going on with my child in the classroom. I, I just, it to me, being robbed of that ability to know what they are learning and the exact material that they're learning and the way that they are learning it, it is, is, it's not right. It's not right at all. And, and I'm glad that you guys are doing it and I applaud you for it. That's, that's an incredibly important thing. The fact that they are not transparent And when parents are approaching schools and school board and asking for material before filing for uh, FOIA, you know, FOIA under the Freedom of Information Act, uh, it's uh, it's already uh, a red flag. Uh, Why, when a parent asks to see information, they are told that they cannot. So something is wrong here. Uh, It didn't happen in the past because it was blind trust a completely blind trust in the teachers, in the schools, in the school board. No, but I don't remember ever really seeing school board meeting or people sharing on social media, uh, you know, appearances in front of school board. It's unheard of. This is a new phenomenon. And this is because uh, they are concealing. Why are they concealing? Because they know that the parents will object because this is wrong. Uh, So uh, we are forced to file under the Freedom of Information Act. And still, there is a war of attrition, literally a war of attrition in most places where they're asking for exuberant amount of money, like the case uh, in uh, Rhode Island, when in fact the teachers union is suing the parent and asked her to pay enormous amount of money for the right, you know, for the information, something that should be very obvious. What are mm-hmm. you teaching my kids at school? When we right. come and bring our kid to school, we are not relinquishing our authority as parents or our responsibility as parents. Right. It's, uh, uh, it's, well, it's I, really I think... deteriorated so much that, you know, uh, still today, they will not administer a Tylenol to your kid. They will not give anything to your kid without permission. I mean, such as uh, an ointment or, or Tylenol uh, uh, to your kid for uh, if he doesn't have a headache or uh, saying that he doesn't feel well. However, they have to call the parents. They call the parents. But now they want to administer abortions and uh, hormones uh, to change your gender in school without parents' consent. Right, so Tylenol right. is not okay, but hormones to change your sex is okay without right. parental Ty- consent. Tylenol is not okay, but but uh, exposing them to material that will forever confuse them and forever rob them of their their innocence and their mental well being that's uh, that's completely all right in the minds of some, and that's uh, that's a very very scary thing. I recently read an article, uh, I believe it was a National Review article. And you'll have to forgive me. I, I can't think of who wrote it at this time. I'll try to find that article again and, and put it in the show notes. But they were talking about it's it's not simply uh, the 
the recipe to get out of this is not simply school choice and uh, whatever. I, I thought it was a pretty intriguing article and it's not as simple as just saying, well, everybody's going to homeschool their kids or everybody, you know, school choice, even if we get vouchers. Dr. Fishbein, what what do you believe is the real answer? How do we, I mean, I, I obviously I know what you're doing and, and your organization is doing great things. And me on this podcast, I, I try to get it out to as many people as possible. And I know you've been on a lot of different other, you know, podcasts and 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 news programs and things like that. What do you think is the real recipe? How do we how do we turn this thing around? Because I like to think this podcast is all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And to do that, we need to reach people as individuals. And like that article said, it, it really takes getting into the hearts and minds of the teachers and not simply just pretending like school choice is the only answer. What do you think is our real answer and, and how can we best turn this around? Uh, well, I think that uh, we should go back to the law when the Department of Education was uh, in, established in 1979, where they specifically noted that the primary responsibility for educating the children is of the parents and the state, localities, and private institution have the primary responsibility of supporting the parents. Here, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I think the best thing is when the money follow the children mm-hmm. and not the teachers' union and not some politician that take the money and, and you know use it based on their political uh, view. So... I disagree that school choice is not uh, an option. I think this is probably uh, the best option because when you have a school choice, you have two things. Uh, I'm not saying that we have to close public schools. On the contrary, I feel when it's a free market and when it's a free market, there are the laws that uh, govern and moderate the free market which mean when the parents have the power in their hands, they have the responsibility, they have the power, they're going to shop for the best education institution for their children. And mm-hmm. that will create competition that will force public school to uh, get their act together mm-hmm. to provide Absolutely. better curriculum, better material. They have to cater to the parents and not the parents catering to the school. So I disagree if that's the position on the National Review. I think I saw some title about this, but I did not read the specific article. I completely disagree. The bottom line, the parents should have the power. They will have the power where the money is not going to the teachers' unions or to the school board or to the politician, but rather the parents will make the best choice for their kids. And that will create the kind of tension and competition in society that will force schools uh, to provide the best education. And the parents will take their kids where they believe they're going to get this kind of education. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I don't think the article was stating that, that school choice was not a, a viable option. I just I think they said that that wasn't the only option. But anyways, like I said, I, I, I think the... I think you hit it right on the head. Competition is absolutely uh, what is needed to fix this problem. Uh, free minds and free markets always produce the best product. It, it, 
it, it has since the beginning of man, since Adam Smith came up with the concept and wrote about it. Free minds and free markets produce the best product every single time. And if the money follows the child instead of following the school and the best lobbyist, we will get the best product. And those schools, and even still, you know, I think they mentioned something in the in the article about, well, you're still going to be stuck with the same teachers and the same administrators. One of the biggest problems we have in our, our public education system today, and you can talk about this a little bit, is the fact that administrators are, are where a lot of the administrative costs of our public school system and the administrative yes. uh, personnel is where a lot of that money goes. It's not even the teachers. And I think a lot of the teachers are actually very good. I think the vast majority of teachers are good and they're they're put in a very difficult position because of the administrators and because of the leadership in these school boards and the the administrative personnel that that force upon them certain things. If we got back to a competition model where the curriculum was guided by the parents and the right schools got the right teachers, they're going to get the money. And as they get the money, they are going to grow. And those free minds and free market principles will win the day. And our children will get the better education. You know, uh, I'll say another word, uh, another word about your previous question with regard to homeschooling. It's a very good option, but not for everybody. If somebody can do it, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful option. And in fact, uh, the homeschooling, since this whole thing has been happening, has uh, probably doubled or even more. So currently, they're talking about maybe 10% of the kids are in homeschooling. But it's not for everybody at all. Not everybody can do it. Uh, it's not a realistic solution for the society and for everybody. Therefore, again, we're going back to the money following uh, uh, the children. You are 100% correct about the use of the money or the waste of the money. There was a study that was done uh, and looked at the growth in public school between 1950 and 2015. Uh, The number of students in public school during that period of 65 years doubled, growth of 100%. The number of teachers during that same period grew by 243%. Uh, However, the number of administrators and associated staff grew by 709%. Uh. So the money not only doesn't follow the kids, it's going to bloated administration supported by teachers union and uh, working against our children. It's not improving education because if you look during that period of time, our achievements, the kids' achievements uh, have been going down. Uh, So uh, you are completely correct about uh, the misuse and waste of the money, uh, which uh, doesn't end up uh, uh, improving our kids' achievements and is not going into uh, improving their learning experience. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you look at, well, you look at just about anything that the government (laughs) does and, and I don't want to make it a, a discussion about government, but, but uh, yeah, the, the waste, fraud and abuse and, and the, the, I shudder to say that the biggest problem with whether it be our school system or most government programs 
is the fact that that the administrative costs and the 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 amount of money that is wasted versus the amount of money that actually goes towards the uh, the the real task at hand and the it's just so unbelievably lopsided. It, it makes things it just doesn't go the right way. It just it it doesn't and it, and it hasn't for a very long time. So so Doctor Fishbein, let's talk a little bit real quick about what you've got coming up. What are some of the things that you've got coming up? How can people get involved with No Left Turn? And uh, is there is there anything specifically that you'd like to see people do more of? that uh that that would make a big difference from from your mind i will go back to what we have on our uh, homepage on our website our four e's uh educate so we need everybody everywhere to expose what's happening on our website we have a tab at the top that's called reporting and when you click on it on the drop down menu you have share your story you can uh, share what's happening in any school district because you can go to a state, you can go to school district, they have a private school, parochial school, uh, any kind of school and report. Uh, you can upload uh, videos, you can upload slides, you can upload any information, copies of curriculum. This is very important because that's what um, enable parents to really understand specifically what happened in their neck of the woods. Uh, so sharing is very, very important. So encourage everybody uh, to go and Google and find out, talk to your children, uh, check their uh, backpacks, uh, school bags, see what they're teaching. And of course, uh, file for under the Freedom of Information Act uh, to get more as much uh, as possible information. You're allowed to ask for every email exchange between anybody in the system. Many people do not know that they, they can ask for all the emails. So, you know, for example, when they hired a DEI uh, director, the whole process and how much you're paying, how much, they, how did they interview, what were the criteria, you can get an access to every piece of information. This is your right under the Freedom of Information Act. The second thing, uh, get up, speak up. This is the bullet that comes to our children, to our families, toward our children and families. So you have to get up, come together, don't go alone. Spread the word among your circle of family and friend. Uh, tell them to come to our website. Tell them to join our movement. Educate yourself, read the information. We have very rich information on our website on all the aspects of indoctrination. Uh, so we can read the material, you can see what's happening, as well as we are offering material uh, for alternatives. Uh, alternative curriculum and alternative books. So this is very important to start really acting as much as you can, even write an email. As I said before, emails are important. Send an email, do something, speak to another person. And uh, again, we are still active in the three areas that I might have mentioned before, but now we are obviously more advanced in that area. Um, we filed, as you know, the first lawsuit in the country of a parent against uh, a school. It was a charter school in Nevada, in Las Vegas. And uh, all the filing, including the expert testament, everything is on our website, including interviews with the mother. She has done many interviews. So you can go and learn exactly what happened in that case and learn from uh, what we are doing in order to fight it. Uh, she's not the only one. We've been helping other parents and teachers uh, with uh, legal actions. 
And in a few cases, the the school or school board dropped the charges or caved in because of the legal intervention. So it's very right. important that if there are cases that you feel that strongly that they need legal intervention, you can come to us, you can write me, and I will assess the situation and bring a lawyer to help you if uh, that's what is needed. Uh, another area that we've been working on, and I just touched on one uh, issue that we are going to be addressing, the cameras in the classroom. However, we already wrote the model legislation for uh, pushing back and uh, banning the radical indoctrination in the classes. It's also on our website, so you can see the model legislation. Uh, copy it, print it, and take it to your legislators. Go as a group, uh, make appointments, and tell them that that's what should happen in your state. So that's very important. So we are working on several other legislations, including, for example, parents' uh, rights. Some states do have parents' rights legislation, but not all. Uh, But also we need students' rights and teachers' rights. So we're going to work on a bill of rights for teachers and students. Uh, There are other issues that we are working on in terms of legislation, so we can uh, promote that. Another area is uh, civic engagement. Exercise your civic duty. We have to exercise our right as citizens and, for example, go to school board. Meet with your legislator. Be active in the school board elections. Find out as much information about the candidates. It's on the website. On every school board has a website. Found out who are the candidates. Found out, uh, you know, when are they meeting. Go to the meeting. Maybe schedule a meeting with them one-on-one and right, uh, right. express your concern. So there are a lot of things to do in that regard because our 4E says it very clearly. We are not going to rest until we eradicate that. Nice. Well, well, you're doing great work, Dr. Fishbein. Your organization, No Left Turn in Education, has been a... Uh, been an inspiration to a lot of people, empowering those to stand up that are scared to use their voice it is, is in itself a, a very important mission. And uh, I, I applaud you for what you're doing. And I thank you again for for doing it. Uh, I would like to make a request, if you don't mind, as I mentioned in the opening of our conversation, we are still a year into our work and we are 100% volunteers. Uh, It's very hard for an army uh, to rely on volunteers without pay. Uh, Mm -hmm. So any amount of donation, $5, $10, $100, whatever you can, uh, is very helpful. Go to our website, nolefturn.us. There is a donate button. You can send a check. And there is the address and all the information. You can do it via uh, PayPal, or you can do it with a credit card. So -hmm. you have all the options. We have 501c3. So it's a tax deductible. Uh, so I would very much appreciate if uh, each one of you will go to our website and give as little as you can to as much as you can so uh, the army can uh, continue fighting. Well, it's it's a very, very important fight, and I, and I hope we can drive some people to that site, noleftturn.us, and that will most definitely be in the show notes. So anybody can go to either noleftturn.us or if you're listening to the Derate the Hate podcast, you obviously know you can go to deratethehate.com and look at our show notes, both uh, both episode 45 when we first spoke and this episode 
We'll uh, we'll have the information to get a hold of Dr. Fishbein and find out all the great information and, and everything that they're doing at NoLeftTurn.us. Dr. Fishbein, thank you so much for joining me again. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, we will definitely have to keep in touch because, again, what you're doing is so important. I love having people that are trying to better the world on our podcast, and uh, you're definitely one that is doing great work to better the world. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me again and looking forward to update you again in a while. Friends, our children's education is incredibly important. And whether you have children in the K-12 education system or not, you have to be aware of what is going on with our education system because that's the future of this country. Those children are the future of this country. So it is very, very important. And the work that Dr. Fishbein is doing with No Left Turn Education is incredibly important. And her website, nolefttern.us, is a wealth of information. A lot of things you can do there, a lot of information you can get there, a lot of learning you can do there. So definitely check out that website. Dr. Fishbein's passion for what she's doing and the mission that they have over there at No Left Turn in Education, so important. One last side note, that article that we were referencing in our conversation in this episode was actually written or co-written for National Review by Tony Kinnett. Uh, The article was called Conservatives Take Back the Education Field. And I was actually able to make contact with Tony, and he will be the guest on next week's episode. We're talking about that article and kind of doing a deep dive into the thought process behind that article. That's some great information there. You're definitely going to want to check out that episode as well. So I'm going to wrap up this episode Thank you very much for listening. Again, get out there. Be kind to one another. Be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. If you have something that you want to share with me, uh, you can always email me, wilk at wilksworld.com, or just leave some feedback on one of the platforms where you listen to your audio. Uh, Also, share us with your friends and uh, follow us on all, all forms of social media. With that, I'm going to back on out of here.